some of the things you brought up, I mean, implementing is probably the number one problem we can solve on entrepreneurs. You know, everybody goes to the seminar or reads your book. I mean, I've gone back, your book's right in my office. I've been right up here next to my face. And there's so many good ideas in there to implement. And I'll go back and look at that and implement something else. I'd say probably the biggest problem is non-implementation. You go to a seminar, you read a book, but we don't implement anything, you know, forever. It's just sitting in books unopened sometimes, or even if we read it, that we're just not implementing what we need to get done. That would be the biggest thing I'd say people struggle with. Welcome to the Million Dollar Equation Podcast, a podcast about the easiest, fastest way to build a million-dollar business based on the best-selling book, The Million Dollar Equation. If you love business, each episode reveals all of the core fundamental essentials for growth. Now, here's your host, Rochelle Shaw. Yay, yay, yay. So... It always comes down to a favorite day and a favorite interview. And I ask every single person that I interview, who's your favorite client? So guess what, drum roll, who's Rochelle's favorite client? (laughs) Dr. James Fetish, he's gotta be one of my absolute favorites. And I'll tell you why he's my favorite. Because no matter what I said, he just did it. (laughs) And then he got killer results and I'm like, So you know what happens is that when they do what I say is that they don't need me for a long time. So it's kind of sad (laughs) that I don't get to spend, you know, years with you. But every time we chat, I just uh, get warm inside because even even the last time I was on his podcast just for my audience, here's here's the best. I'm on his podcast. He asked me, what's my number one thing that I did for docs? I talked to him about uh, the referral campaign and the one that we did with Dr. Wells when I put him in, in a pizza outfit. Literally three days later on my Facebook timeline, Dr. Fetish has a pizza outfit. Of course, what the heck? He's just an implementer and a killer. Please, I know that I'm talking too much, so introduce yourself, Dr. James Fetish. Yes, I second all that. One of my favorite people in the world. Wish wish you were closer. We could see you once in a while, but absolutely one of my favorites and learned a lot between in person and in your book. So thank you for everything you've taught me over the years. But uh, yeah, tell you a little bit. So I just started my practice right out of school. I didn't even have my boards passed yet. And I opened up the doors not knowing much in 2004. And uh, we've grown the practice every year from 700 square feet to 1400 square feet. Now we're close to 6000 square feet. And uh, just met with my accountant. He said he's never had a client that business went up at least 15% every year for 15 years straight now. We've grown and grown and grown. And the last couple of years, I've helped some other docs as well with the podcast. I wrote a book on how to grow a million dollar practice and the podcast on the same topic and done some speaking and those kind of things. But I'm still in the practice nitty gritty every day. Uh, we're multidisciplinary. You know, I'm a chiropractor by trade, but we have two other chiropractors. We have two physical therapists, acupuncturists, nutritionists, and a part-time MD. And uh, every year just grown and grown and grown. And it's been, been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just love it in, in your new boat and your new house and your new everything is just pretty amazing, which we always love, but that's that's the life. You know, when, when I think my true ministry and my true mission in life is to get folks to that lifestyle. Cause I don't, I think they want it, but they don't want to really work that hard. So my first question is to you, you know, what is the biggest problem that chiropractors have or really entrepreneurs in general with getting to the million dollar level? What is it? Yeah, well, I think, well, some of the things you brought up, I mean, implementing is probably the number one problem we can solve on entrepreneurs. You know, everybody goes to the seminar or reads your book. I mean, I've gone back, your book's right in my office. I've been right up here next to my face. 
and there's so many good ideas in there to implement. I'll go back and look at that and implement something else. I'd say probably the biggest problem is non-implementation. You go to a seminar, you read a book, and we don't implement anything, you know, forever. It's just sitting in books unopened sometimes, or even if we read it, that we're just not implementing what yeah. we need to get done. That would be the biggest thing I'd say people struggle with. Uh, and you know, opportunities expire, right? So I think that that while it sits in your notebook, and you're sitting there going, yeah, ooh, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You know, the wave goes by. And so even, you know, so many folks go, I'm going to do a podcast when it was really hot five years ago. Not that it's not hot now, but you don't get the instant results from it. And then they stop, you know, and then they jump to the next thing and the next. So I agree with you. That implementation thing is just, is just the worst. So one of the things that I saw that, um, that or what I love about what you do is, in chapter three of the million dollar equation i talk about scheduling your success and how to get steady money so you are like the master <laughs> of doing a marketing calendar so why don't you tell our audience like you know how you handle the marketing calendar and and like what was your first inkling and then did it build momentum or has it always been this big monstrous thing for you yeah, great question. So, you know, I started out in practice and I realized that I didn't know they don't teach you how to run a practice. So I did practice management really from day one and learned a lot of good promotions, you know, like patient appreciation day has been around for, you know, probably a hundred years in doctor's offices. And I've done that twice a year ever since I've been in business. I learned these things like, and I kind of did them here or there, but it wasn't scheduled out. You know, I did it usually in the fall or usually in the spring, but they didn't have exact month, exact date. And there's months where nothing happened. So I was probably better than most at implementing, but there's these gaps. I was at a seminar years ago. I don't remember who it was. And they talked about having a marketing calendar on a dry erase board and planning it out. And as soon as I heard that, it really clicked. I bought a giant dry erase board like on my phone at the seminar. And instead of just you know, doing promotions as they came to me or as I remember them, planning out the whole year in a row, that really had our practice take off dramatically. And yeah, it's not just having events every month. It's planning them by the seasons, by the weather. You know, we have snow in the Northeast and, you know, certain events don't work in the winter time and you got to plan all that out for the year. But getting that down, planning it and sticking to it and then you know, revising it every year and keep working on and implementing it has been a real, real key to our practice continuing to grow every year. Sure, sure. Well, what do you, what do you see what happens like when there is like the snow? Like, you know, one of the things that I will see you post about, you know, we're still open. Um, do you think that, 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 you know, that, that, that there are those kind of impacts and does it, does it affect your revenue in your practice when you have those snow days? Yeah. Winters are definitely always the slowest. I mean, the patients always kind of love to joke the Kairos and the Pete, you know, they were, oh, we love the snow and the back shoveling injuries and all that, but they're, they're always our slowest revenue months. And in the North, it's a double whammy because nowadays the deductibles, you know, going up and January and February are traditionally slow spending months for all businesses. We have deductibles on top of that, and then the Northeast, you have snow. So, yeah, we can take pretty big revenue hits based on how big the weather is. And we do plan accordingly, so we won't do the big promos then because there's like a you know, chance of snow or something going on. But the big thing why, you know, I tell a lot of docs when I do the coaching is that most docs are riding like practice roller coaster. We go up, we don't do any marketing, we go down, we go up. You're going to have that little dip in the winter, but you better be prepared in the spring to jump it up so we'll have like a big patient appreciation day or i did your referral campaign in march when we're hopefully coming out of the winter month and kind of give it a little jump start so playing around that that's where you get into the marketing calendar next level is yeah it's winter january february let's kick some butt in march and ramp the thing back up sure well here's what i noticed too is that when you know number one most business owners don't know that trend right they don't know that because they don't look at their numbers they just are either in feast or famine 
And then when they're in feast, they are spending like there's no tomorrow. So they go buy a boat <laughs> or they buy a new car or all of these things, you know, that don't make sense. And it's like, well, well wait a minute. But you, do you realize that in January you've got this, you know, this perfect tsunami of uh, deductibles going up, the winter months, and it's January, February anyway, that people aren't really coming. You know, what are you doing to plan that? And I think a marketing calendar takes care of that, too. So um, he, here's my question is, here's what I notice, and maybe you say yes or no, but I notice that when there are slow months, instead of ramping up the marketing, I watch entrepreneurs slow it down, saying, oh, it's slow, I'm gonna hold on to my marketing dollars. You know, what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, you always wanna be marketing when there's a recession, that kind of things. I mean, it's even more important to spend more to get out of your competition. And, you know, our marketing calendar is packed every month. You know, there's no month we take off. There's four events every single month, even in the winter. Like I said, I will, I specifically plan like a big one to come out of the winter to get the boost, but we're marketing year round and, and things. You know, one of our best winter ones, we started giving away a snowblower. We just worked with it. You know, January snowblower giveaway, it's uh, leave a review or give us a referral, we enter to win a snowblower. So we kind of go along with the winter and do a giveaway right along with it. So yeah, you got to market all the time, but you know, plenty of things that work. I don't think a patient appreciation day is a big event to do that in January when there's like 60% chance of snow. You know, it's probably not a great idea. So we save that for the spring to bump you out of it. And we do the same thing in the summer. You get the vacation slow down. So, but we still do marketing. One of my best promotions is an August one, actually. Uh, yeah. But then in September, I do appreciation day to jump back out of the summer and keep the thing going. So what do you do in August? Your best promotion? You know, us marketers always like to know, what is it? Yeah, this is uh, this is actually one of my few originals. Most of my ideas I've gotten from you or other people, but uh, you know, we do really well with the food drive in, in November and we do a toy drive in December. Those I didn't come up with. And I said, what can we do in the summer? And a lot of people have pets out here or suburbia. So uh, we do a pet food drive in August. So it's bring a bag of uh, pet food in and you get a free adjustment that week. And if you're a new patient, bring a bag of pet food in and you get a free exam that week. And it's actually one of our better promos. We do it in the dead of August. And it's yeah. actually really good and it's a really nice, it's super easy. You donate it to a shelter, you get pictures on Facebook and use them on. So it's actually a pretty good promo that we've done in August, one of our better ones. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, that, that's, so, so are you, you know, every time like folks will uh, ask me for help and they're, they have a local business, right? And I, I just sit and I just go, really, you need help? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's got to be one of the easiest ones to do. And I go, okay, so here's here's my suggestion. They go, what's your suggestion? I go, become the freaking mayor. And I go, well, what? You want me to run to be the mayor? And I'm like, no, you just need to be everywhere. You need to do those type of promotions, you know, a food drive, a pet food drive, a toy drive, you know, where people are coming through, but they see that you're a great business and they want to refer you, to talk about you, to, to come and check you out, to be like you, right? Um, and I see so many, it's, it's really easy to get ahead. We have a lawyer here in Vegas that is a, a personal injury lawyer and is that not a competitive place? You know, uh, yeah, right? And he just became the mayor where everybody else was buying ads, boom, boom, boom. He just became the mayor. So he started supporting the UNLV running rebels, the basketball team when we weren't winning any games and he, you know, he would buy tickets and have people, here's free tickets, come see the games. And, and then, you know, now we have a women's basketball. So we did that. And then, um, he did food drives. He did look, if you, here's my personal cell phone number. You call me, this guy is now crushing it. Like not even like a little bit, like everybody just goes to him instead of, you know, our heavy hitter guy that, that spends so much, 
on the um, on it. And I think that's what you've become. Like even when I watch your online stuff. So how are you merging your online with your offline? Yeah, good question. I think you brought a good point there too. Is that we want to, you know, attracting outside customers, outside marketing, and spending the money and the time on this internal stuff. It'd be a lot less expensive. A lot of these things don't cost a ton of money to put together. You already have the clientele if you've been in business more than a couple of years, and keeping a focus on this, like you said, is a real key point. I mean, you know, Kennedy's always talking to. We're always focused on external, getting more new ones, but you keep. The good care of your herd and be the mayor like you said it's a lot better way to run a business for sure yeah yeah, um, yeah cool. offline online so yeah we, we do both you know i do all these regular promotions and we have signs up in the office and all this stuff but we do do some online you know quite a bit of online marketing experimented all kinds of different things you know a lot of times a lot of these messages like our monthly promos are going to be congruent with that we're doing an email blast at least once a week it's on our facebook post they're going to see that they're getting a print newsletter the big promos we're doing a print new you know postcards like that's a patient appreciation day they're probably going to get four to six emails they're going to get the newsletter they're going to get a postcard we do a voice blast so we kind of merge all the media together especially for a big promo that way where it's all a congruent message we do do some lead gen stuff, you know, internet marketing, but we're, we got a ton of referrals in between this stuff. We do do some of that as well, but yeah, finding all the messages working together for one big event seems to work really well for us. Sure. So with the, with what, as far as spending, you know, cause I have my ratio of what I tell folks to spend, you know, what's your, what's your percentages on your existing base and to acquiring new, like how do you break down your marketing budget? Yeah, great question. We've been shifting, and I, you know, I've been kind of heeding my own advice and making more and more towards our own clients. But it, you know, it's probably sixty percent to our own clients. It doesn't mostly, and I'd probably be more. It's just we probably spend more energy on it. But a lot of these events are just energy, and it's not a lot of money. We did guys' night out last night. I bought, you know, two hundred fifty dollars worth of pizza and wings, and two hundred fifty dollars worth of beer. And we, I brought my cornhole set from home, and we had like a cornhole tournament for the guys. Like that cost nothing, five hundred bucks, not even. And we got two new patients out. It wasn't a home run, but. So a lot of the internal ones don't cost a lot. You know, you can spend 500 bucks on Facebook at a blink of an eye to get a patient. So the internal ones says don't cost a lot. We probably spend way more, like 90% of our energy on internal versus external for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I you know, I, I will tell startups that once they get it that I want them to spend, you know, like that 60, 40, and then, you know, make it like 80, 20 and, and have these wonderful events. But, you know, now 15 years in and you've been doing this so long that it doesn't really, you know, your email list responds because, you've been what the number two things that I say that you have to be disciplined and consistent because consistency over time changes the world. And it truly, I think changes your business, but so many people quit before they get there. So, you know, let's, let's shift a little bit. You know, I know you're a rock star. Um, I think that they're going to re listen to this. And if they didn't, they're stupid, rewatch it and, and listen to how he said he promoted an event, six emails, a postcard, the the message inside of his newsletter. You know, you have your own media, create your own so that that's what you send it in. Oh, I, it just makes so much sense. But why do you think they're just not doing it? You know, so what what is different about you than most people? Tell me, what what is it so that we yeah, can the bottle that and sell that? Yeah, two things, especially with the marketing calendar, is, you know, I have coaching clients who sign up and, and we did a course on this. Like, so how do you have like 25 promos that work well? And, I, and my first answer is always, always like, because I've tried 75 and 50 of them didn't work well. And now I have 25 that work well and I know which month they work in. 
because yeah. I've done 50 that didn't work. And I've shown up to 100 lectures. I'm the only one talking. And, and I've had events nobody showed up to. And I think yep. that's why we had 25 good events, because I've done 100. And, you know, 75 yeah. were horrible. And I've sat in the empty rooms and nobody showed up. And, you know, I was willing to do it. And the other thing, a lot of these events, are they're upfront work. The first year you do them or the first time you do them, it, it's work. It's a learning curve. Because you know, so I got a couple coaching clients with me a long time, and they're like, well, what do I do the same thing as I did last year? And yep, and the same thing yeah. as February. And the first month, they need a lot of handling, a lot of work, but the same thing as last year? Yeah, did doc, do it again. It works. And once you set it up, and one of the most freeing things that we've done is we do have the real physical board, but we put it in our Google calendar, and we put the events that work are just on repeat. So it's like March 2nd, do this again, February 1st, and it's just it becomes an easy system, but it's, you know, it's like a lot of things and like the upfront works a lot, so they don't want to do it. But once you get set up, it kind of runs on autopilot. Ah, ah. So have you always been super successful? Uh, I mean, I started the practice right away. There was definitely years struggling, but we, we've always done well. And, and, and but I mean like early in your life, like as uh, a, like as a high school kid, like were, were you an athlete or? Yeah, I was an athlete, played some basketball. My claim to fame, I think I told you, is I got dunked on by Kobe Bryant in high school. He was a year older than me. We played against him, and they, I don't know what they thought having trying to meet cover him. But yeah, I played some basketball overseas and, and did some of that. But uh, yeah, I was always a pretty good six, you know, achiever, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So do you think that the athletic training leads you to be a better entrepreneur? Because I've found that when I have clients that are athletes or former athletes, like they understand that. It's going to get bloody. I'm going to sweat. It's going to be hard, but the other side is going to be better. Yeah. And you're going to lose once in a while too, which I think some people don't really, you know, especially the way some kids are being raised now. But yeah, I do think the athletic background helps for sure. And I was blessed. My mom ended up, she was pretty, she stayed at home with us till she, we were like 13 and just went back to work because she was kind of bored and ended up being a CEO of the third largest credit reporting company in the world. And uh, she actually gave me like, I got into like business books and stuff when I was like 16, I was reading like, you know, good to great and things like that before people thought of it. And then I had a professor in school who kind of, so I kind of started those success books really young, which was a real big blessing too, which I don't think most people do. So yeah, sports helped and getting into that stuff. Uh, like I said, I was reading those books when I was 16 years old, just like yeah. your daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and truly I was, you know, I had like the very first uh, woman entrepreneur magazine, you know, the very first one that ever came out, which it didn't last, but I think like two, two years, but I had the first one. Um, I was in the library grabbing business books very early, you know, just like you. And I think that what happens is you start to see what is possible. And so many folks don't focus on that. They focus on, oh my gosh, you know, what, what can I do today? So I think that the, that the, that the athlete part, you know, just shows you how to achieve something and get there even better. So I, I like that. I love that. Thank you so much for listening to my passion project and the Million Dollar Equation podcast. Of what you're hearing, if you like it, I love it. <laughs> so click the subscribe button to get each week your new favorite episode. So what's your favorite promotion? Favorite pro you know, probably the, the oldest one is the patient appreciation day, to be honest with you. I mean, we've been doing them a long, long time and there's a lot of different ways to do them. We made them real fun, but the classic patient appreciation day, we do it on a Saturday. We're not open Saturdays and it's you know free adjustments for existing patients, free exams for new ones. We do the Cairo PT and ACU exams and we have food and music, bouncy houses. We've done all kinds of magicians and all kinds of fun stuff, but it's a fun yeah. event. It's two, three hours and we all bust our humps.
we started a new tradition a, a couple like a couple years back. We take all the staff to the bar out down the street and get wings and beer afterwards and make it a whole fun day. And yeah, I mean that's probably one of the first things I learned in practice, and it's been working. You know, every, we've done it twice a year for 15 years now, and it works good, and it's a fun day, and it's still an oldie but a goodie. Now, do you make it a theme? Yeah, we've done a bunch of. Actually, probably the best theme I've done is uh, we've done it with an Easter egg hunt the last couple of years. And it, the, lot, the one year Easter was so early, but we've done it with an Easter egg hunt, which brings a lot of kids. And our target customer, you know, forty-something-year-old mom with kids, is our target patient for a lot of docs. And so it brings a lot of kids out. We do an Easter egg hunt with a bouncy house. We had an Easter bunny this year, so actually tied in with Easter's worked well. We've done it with, with St. Patrick's Day, all kinds of stuff. Easter's probably the best one I've tied it in with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see that you use your kids a lot. So, you know, some docs feel kind of funky and some entrepreneurs do about using their kids. You know, how do you feel about using your kids in your marketing? Yeah, we kind of, you know, yeah, I've gone back and forth on that. I think for one, you know, we got to realize there's no privacy anymore anyways. If people want to see a picture of your kid, they're going to find it. You know, somebody can hack in, they're going to find a picture of you. So there's no privacy, that argument. But I wouldn't blame anybody. If you want to be private about it, you can be private about it. But, you know, like people always say, the more personal that people think, and I even shied away from myself for a while, whereas as I have a lot of multiple associates seeing a lot of patients as not being the figurehead. But, you know, the business has got to be about you. Even if 75% of the patients see somebody else that works for me, you still got to be the leader and the figurehead of it. I kind of learned that my own again. And um, so, yeah, people want to know about personal stuff that always does well. There's posts on Facebook and Instagram with them. my kids are always the top polling posts. And Fish come in, they're getting so big. So I realize nothing's private anymore. And then people want to know about your personal life. So just, just let them see it. Right. <laughs> right. Anything. And I think that it's, that it really is, it makes for better marketing because it, it helps them know, like, and trust you. So then they buy more from you, from you, you know, which is, that's why my kid stuff is everywhere. You know, it's like, I can't hide my kid. They know that this is my kid. And just like you said, Oh, she's getting so big. Yeah. Well, you know, she was just little, little forever, <laughs> you know, and now it's like, no, 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 you know, the teenager. So it's like, ow, how does that go? But, but I, I love the, um, the patient appreciation. So now do you do any, um, or do you try to get any referrals from referral partners or is it always just from your existing patients? Like doctors and outside referrals? Yeah. Yeah, we do pretty good for MD referrals is, is one of the programs we have up. We have other referral sources. So we, we basically uh, have a list of around 20 or so docs that will refer us patients. And we just do the lunch and learns. We bring them lunch. We, we try to do two docs a month and we're doing the, the good old fashioned lunches. We bring them Panera and go schmooze for 15 minutes. And that seems to pay off. I mean, I just did one a couple of weeks ago. A doc, he's, his office used to be next to mine. He moved across the street. I've known him for t over 15 years. Nice guy, friendly. And but he has a new nurse practitioner who's Asian and very interested in acupuncture. I brought my acupuncture over there. And even though I know the doc for 15 years, all of a sudden now the Asian nurse practitioner is sending like two acupuncture patients a week over here because she met the acupuncturist. So I've known him for 15 years. I've done 100 lunches over there. But yeah. my acupuncturist met his new nurse practitioner who's into acupuncture. And we're getting yeah. referrals left and right. So, But look at that. Yeah, that, but that, that right there is it just shows. Like that's the thing that you, you didn't stop doing the lunch and learns, right? You still do it. Like you, you have to nurture all your referral sources, whether it be your existing clients or your B2B ones, you know, your other docs. So, so here's um, a favorite one that I've done with several docs is that we do uh, a death by chocolate event. <laughs> and so we target instead of bringing the docs is that we get, look, he's writing it down. I love that. <laughs> so we take um, their staff because they're really the ones who's going to give us you know, the referrals, right? They're the ones who kind of control yeah. it. 
So we invite their staff over to our office. We do, uh, uh, you know, a chocolate, what is the fountain? And there's lots of cookies and brownies and whatever. And then we had a, uh, a manicurist uh, that did manis and petties. Nice. And we gave them a party, did mimosas, you know, the ones that we did in the morning. And then in the afternoon we, we did uh, uh, champagne. And then, you know, they went home. It was an hour and a half, but guess what happens? Is that now all they're talking about is your clinic. And they can't wait to send referrals over. <laughs> and it's like, That's you know, because I think sometimes they feel as if, yeah, they get a free lunch, but now they, they saw that the focus switched to them and it just crushed it. My, uh, my client, uh, uh, periodontist did it. And I have been using it every time. Like I stole it instantly <laughs> and now that that's our new thing. And so I even used it with another private client that had just a regular everyday business, but we get lots of business to business referrals from him. So we started sending the staff instead of the primary CEO. And that just changed everything because we became the mayor to them, right? They couldn't wait to, okay, well, when, when, what are they doing and what's the promotion and when can we have the themed parties, which we did, um, they did a Halloween bash and some other ones. Um, I did it for a, uh, a med spa that we tied it to a charity and then we did it as a patient appreciation too. So now we had all of these coming for this night. We sold $78,000 worth of services that night. Wow, there you go. <laughs> because instead of just like, we did some free ones, right? So they could go to, the um the facial the esthetician so they got free facials and whatever and then after we had the this is a one-time product you know this is a one-time offer if you want it tonight let us know um you know 10 percent goes to charity so what do you want to buy and they just i mean we had a line at the credit card station <laughs> crazy crazy <laughs> and it costs almost nothing to put this up yeah, yeah the right the food. That was it. So, um, once again, we sent postcard, we sent six emails, yeah, probably, you know, the, the week of the event, we sent more, but the key was tying it to the charity. So that's what the emails were about. You know, we're having, you know, uh, save your child. So please come, or it was baby's bounties and we gave away, um, bedding for babies. And so what they do is so for new mothers that are young and maybe single, they provide cribs and all kind of stuff to them so that they can get set up and baby oh, nice. can be safe. And our target was women in their forties and they came with their credit cards. Nice. <laughs> killed. That's a home run. Absolutely yeah. killed, you know? And what it did was it flowed down through, um, we do it in the, uh, in October. So when they get ready for the holidays and they kind of pull back on doing things for themselves, it made the holidays even better. Hmm. So I love it. So anyway, there, those are two that, that I'm positive that I will see on your marketing calendar next. Yeah. We were just looking at doing a spa. I was reading about a dentist doing the spa day, like at an actual spa. And then I was like, just to get everybody there, logistics, I was kind of, we've been kind of kicking around something like that. I love doing it right at the clinic. Why not? I mean, we got a big space. That's great. Yeah. Home run. So, That's a good point. I hope everybody gets to. I mean, I always tell the people when we go to these MD lunches, the MD is not your custom client. It is the, the front desk staff, especially now it's so corporate the way that these MD offices are all hospital owned and they're not even in touch with this kind of stuff. They don't even know. And no. that's the, yeah, people focus on the doc. It's not the doc. It's the front desk staff usually that are in control of that stuff. Yeah.
and they, you know, some of them like Panera, you know, and some of them like big burritos, right? So it's like, you know, they come in and they go, and, and that's what everybody else is doing. So that's why we switched because the yeah. farmer reps are doing that, you know, all the time. So they've always got, there's nothing special about you. And here's the deal. I know that there's something special about you. So <laughs> I want everybody to know that I am special, that I'm the baddest chick on the planet. So that when <laughs> I come in, they're like, ah, first nice. here, okay. right? Um, and so when we started doing those type of events, it really just was a trajectory. Right. That they, they started to, oh, my gosh, you know, you're making me feel special. Um, we used the one from, uh, uh, what's the dentist's name? But he's a Kennedy guy. He's been around for a long time. And we did candy jars and we put um, uh, prescription labels on them, right, that said, hey, whenever you have a stressful moment, take two. <laughs> and then it said for refills. And then it said, call our number, right? Oh, nice. And so... They were calling, hey, we're out of candy. Okay. Yeah. And we brought jars back. And they were taking oh, nice. pictures, posting them on social media. So it, it takes care of, look, he's writing it down. I love it. But you do it. But that one worked really well, too. Oh, that's um, good. Just little, you know, little things that take your, your standard stuff, but really set you apart. And all they did was just, you know, talk about how fun it is. Um, the biggest part of, of the new book of Speed is about these partnerships and collaborations and, and how to get, you know, other people selling for you. And I think that's, I said, you, you are a master in getting your patients to get those referrals in and selling for you. And that that's what, what sets you apart. And I think um, maybe I'm wrong, but is that what really has, has transformed your business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could shut off. I still like the external marketing, but I could shut off all external Facebook, Google, all that for, you know, not even, I might not even notice, you know, we, we certainly get patience with that, but you know, 50 referrals a month and, you know, the reviews get us 20 a month and docs get us 10, 20 a month and we have enough new patients without any external. If I ever feel like it's not doing it anymore, we can shut that off and it'll run, you know, pretty much on itself for a while, which is a nice feeling. Which is a, which is a nice feeling. Right. Yes. They not, and I don't think that many do that, but but it's a combination of number one, you have a marketing calendar. You know, so many folks, you know, it's a, I had and I tell the story all the time. So in one of my coaching groups, because I will only do them in groups now, had a group gal said, um, hey, I would love to see like an example of a marketing calendar. I go, sure. How about I send you back the one that you sent me two years ago? <laughs> And she's like, what? I go, yeah, here's the one that you personally sent me two years ago. And she's like, okay, I'm really embarrassed now. I go, I know, because you think it's so much harder than it actually is. It is just a breakdown or, or how do you, how do you do yours? Yeah, a couple of ways. So yeah, we, we do have the big dry erase board in the office to plan out for the year. And we, we found we have we in our staff training manual, we have a weekly staff meeting and here's it's just written out the big events per month. So everybody sees it. It's in our staff manual that everybody brings to staff meeting every Tuesday. And then I so said the Google Calendar has been really a good, good innovation for us because it's in there. You set it on repeat if it's a quarterly event or it's every January or February, it's in there. And we've just kind of worked on putting more details, even like put the flyer right in the Google Calendar. So next year you can see the flyer from last year or the ad that you ran for it and using that. So that, I really like the Google Calendar. Then you have it on your phone, you have it at home. I used to always use the dry erase only. And I'd, we have, a, you know, it's planned out the year. And my wife's like, oh, it's called vacation in February. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We might have an event around then. I have to wait till Monday to get in the office. 
this and see what events I had going on and <laughs> driving her crazy. So it's much nicer to have it on your phone right there too, to, for that reason too. All patient appreciation days in April, we can't go to the beach that week. And so you can know, you can coordinate calendars as well. But yeah, Google Calendar, just having it, you know, in front of our face every week, the staff meeting is good too. Make sure you don't miss anything and double check events. And I actually just sat down with my key person. We went through, cause we're almost halfway through the year and what worked so far this year? Do we want to do these again next year? We crossed off a couple and wrote in a couple new ones. So I think that's the other thing is you got to slightly update it and tweak it. And the big thing is going to work or do you have to move it? But like I said before, Easter was great for us. But like last two years ago, Easter was real early, I think, in like March. So like the Easter egg hunt, there was still snow on the ground here. So you got to tweak it a little bit. And that's a key thing, too. You can't just set it and forget it. You do got to tweak it a little bit. And, you know, something might work for a year. I and mean, we did with a certain dinner with the doc for years. That we crushed it. I'd get 60 new patients at a dinner with the doc. And then it just stopped working on it. You know, I don't need, there's no reason or explanation. But scratch that off, put something else on that month. And that, that's what you got to do. So constantly updating it's a really key as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I love that, you know, I have a, uh, I had a client who, you know, we did a dinner with a doc and, you know, two people showed up and he was angry and decided, you know, that he, his time was worth more. And I'm like, really? 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 No, that's not how it works. You know, we, do you think that I always, you know, only spoke at 4,000 attendee events? No, I spoke to, you know, four people plus my mama at the Denny's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where all you hear is the, the stuff clanking and just, just crazy foolishness. So yeah, you know, there's there's those times that you say you have to put in the effort and, and make it happen, but so many folks do. Hey, 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 MDE Nation. <laughs> have you grabbed the original, the OG book, the book that started it all? the book the million dollar equation that was my original passion project where everybody kept asking me michelle tell me how you rebuilt back your million dollar business how in the world did you come back from losing it all how in the world did you do it and i sat and i spent two weeks and i wrote the million dollar equation so it sounds exactly how i talk if you put my voice to it while you're reading it you will feel the essence of me but you will also learn some really great valuable lessons on how to build your own million dollar business yep you can grab it right there on amazon Well, you know, here's my question to you is who is your favorite client? Yeah, tell me about them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, think about this a little bit. And I was thinking I got this uh, one woman, she's been a patient for probably almost the whole time we've opened up and she actually has multiple sclerosis, got a real young diagnosis of it and uh, actually worked for a chiropractor for like 20 years and then kind of like retired out where I am or semi-retired. But uh, so she came in, comes in all the time for maintenance care, probably every two weeks. She's got a walker now, it's through all that kind of stuff. She's got all kinds of health problems. She has, the last time she was in, she had like cellulitis on her leg and all these different health problems. But she's the only one, you know, when I trained my associates and PTs, I said, always turn every conversation around back on the patient. So when they ask you how your weekend is, they, nobody wants to know how your weekend was. They want to tell you how their weekend was. So I trained my associates, say, my weekend's fine. What'd you tell me what'd you do? Like turn every conversation back around. and. This woman, even though she has more health problems than probably everybody else in the clinic, does it the other way uh, to everybody all the time. You know, also she's got a leg infection and MS and her back hurts. And how's your daughter? She remembers everything about my kids. How's Scarlett? When's her, how was her dance recital? And 
somehow she knows my anniversary and somehow I don't even know she gets got my home address and sends us an anniversary card every year like I've never I don't even know how she knows it or how she got my address but she and she always worries about my wife and how are the kids and she has more health problems than anybody knows she never complains so you have people with like a little tweaked elbow this and that they're in here whining complaining and she never complains about herself and wants to know and she's genuine it's not like when I tell my docs to talk about the patients like she really wants to know what's going on with your life and yeah, just amazing person. Puts it in perspective even for you. You know, you think you're going through a lot, staff challenges, business stuff, and she's got all these health problems and doesn't say a word. So I certainly can't complain about, you know, staff turnover or something like this when this woman's going through all this and only worried about me every time I see her. <laughs> she's wow. a sweetheart. Wow. So do you have lots of, uh, well, first of all, that's amazing. And do you have lots of staff turnover? Because I'm always, you know, um, I, 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 you know, after having 52 employees, like the thought of having, ugh. Uh, so is it, does it happen to you too? We've had, most of my key people in there a long time in my key front desk five years, my manager five years, my one car three, two. So my key people seem to stay, kind of my entry level people. We, we, we usually don't have so much turnover. The last year or two with, I think the economy doing so well or what it is, we've had three or a little bit more turnover than usual. But usually it's more the entry level. So my key people have been in the long, mostly a long time, but uh, yeah. some of the entry level people come and go. And I said, last year or two, more trouble than usual. And usually you fill them right away. And the last two that left, it took me forever. I actually had to go through a temp agency for like an entry level position, just getting anybody good to, to get signed up. So I think there's too many jobs out there. It's, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get, you know, the crazies, which is yeah. always fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I had, I had somebody on her third day. She's on the schedule for like 39 hours. She's like, I'm on the schedule a lot of hours. I'm like, that might be too many hours. I'm like, it's your third day. Are you complaining about working too much? She's like, yeah, that's a lot of work. I said, so it's a full-time job. Basically, I let her go right there. <laughs> that was the end right, of that. Right. It's your third right. day. You're working too many hours already? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I, I just turn around and I walk right to my girl. Uh, we're done. They go, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Get her check. We're done. I'm like, yeah. Rachel, but please, I'm done. I said, now, do you want to go too? Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, what did she do? It doesn't matter. I'm just done. They yeah. go, okay. All right. Yeah. Fire, it's, fire slow, I'm fire done. fast, they say, right? Fire fast, fast, fast. <laughs> this is this has been awesome. Um, I ask everybody to tell me what's the one way, what's the one piece of advice that you would give folks to how to crush the last half of 2019? What do you think they should do? Yeah, great question. There's a lot of year left. We're you know halfway through, and, and just you know to be kind of what we've been talking about. Get a plan and work the plan. I mean, get the plan. You, there's no reason you can't set up a calendar for the second half of the year. Get it set up. Make sure you have a big. You, know, you got to have something internal going on every month and something external. At least start with one of each. I mean, ultimately, you're firing. You want at least two of each. I mean, I probably have three. You know, two, three in. You know, two, three internal, two, three external every month, but. If you yep. get one internal promotion and one external going every month, uh, that'll really help you out for the second half of the year and just, just get them done. Love it. Love it. Well, I talked to you for hours, but I know you're going to the boat today. That's <laughs> Friday. Friday. Gotta get out early. <laughs> there you go. What happens when you own a multi-million dollar business is that, you know, you don't have to work Fridays and you get to, <laughs> yep. you get to do a couple other things. Well, it has been my absolute pleasure. Uh, you crushed it, of course. And if, if they don't like read every single word and listen again and again and again, and they're just crazy. Um, and so I've got some things that I'm asking him for a picture of his big marketing calendar so y'all can see it and you'll be able to download it right after we finish. Well, I, I thank you. And you thank are still you my so favorite. Thank you so much, Garland. Have a great weekend and lovely <laughs> talking with you. All right. See you. Bye. bye.